0: Welcome to the Celebrate Community Church of Yankton podcast. My name is Jeff Todd, and I have the privilege of serving as pastor of this amazing church community here in Yankton, South Dakota. I just want to say thank you for joining us. It's my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. There was a woman named Marjorie Guff, and Marjorie shut her apartment door in 1949 And over the next 30 years, she only emerged three times. Once for an operation, once to visit a family member, and once to buy ice cream for a dying friend. See, Marjorie suffered from a term called agoraphobia, which is the fear of open spaces. And the most terrible thing she could ever imagine is something you and I, we all just did here this morning, just to walk in the door, to go for a walk outside. For her to go for a walk outside, something we don't even think about, was paralyzingly fearful for Marjorie. And so over the course of three decades, she literally only left her apartment three times. And while that may shock you and baffle you and maybe you're you know, wondering how that could ever happen, I would contend most of us suffer the exact same thing. It just takes different shapes and forms. We might be okay walking outside, but there's probably a fear in your life that you're, that's paralyzing you right now. Because see, that's what fear does. I've heard it said that fear is a small trickle of doubt that begins to flow through our minds. Those little tiny fears can go easily undetected, but in time can build up. And they eventually wear a great channel in which all our thoughts now drain. Finally, they rend us paralyzed and unable to function normally and naturally. Church, fear can be, have great power in our lives. It can absolutely paralyze us. It can rob us of our time. It can rob us of our energy. It can rob us of sleep. It can rob us of relationships. It can rob us of opportunities. It can be shackles that we can wear throughout our life. And and, and most significantly, what fear can do is it can keep us from living out our God-designed purpose. The way God intended us to live. If you're a guest or joining us online, we want to welcome you. We're in a series called Jordan River Rules, and we're in the third week of that. And again, I just want, if you, uh, haven't missed some weeks, you can catch up online. You can go to our website, Yankin.church. You can also go to our podcast as well. Um, but this series is so jo- much more than just a series. We're calling it a campaign. And like Andy uh, explained earlier, if you haven't had a chance yet to connect at Celebrate, do that. And then text the word Jordan River Rules, because what you do is throughout the week, you get updates on the series and, and how we connect on that too as well. Um, But uh, this is all leading up to Sunday, April 2nd that we've been talking about. This series is going to lead us up to Sunday, April 2nd, which is going to be our fifth anniversary as a church. It's also the second anniversary of Cheers Pizza Plus. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Amen to that, right? (laughs) But there's really three parts to this this campaign. It's what you're doing right now. It's Sunday morning, sitting here, listening to God's word, being in fellowship with other people. But the second part of that is our life groups, and oh my goodness, I tell you what, we have two of them, Monday nights and Tuesday nights at 6.30. Uh, Boy, they have been amazing. Both nights have really had some really great conversations. I'm not part of the Tuesday group, but I keep hearing a lot of great updates about that. Also, if you're interested, there is an interest in a Wednesday group. We have a goal that we'd like to have one every single night of the week here at Cheers. That would be really cool. Or if maybe nights don't work for you as well, talk to us. Maybe you want to do a morning. Maybe you're a morning person. You want to do a morning group. Talk to us. But basically, if you're interested in a Wednesday group and you're not part of a life group, let me know. Text that number, connect it. Celebrate, because we want to get you connected at that as well. But that tech, connect at Celebrate. So it's three parts. Sunday right now in our life groups, Monday, Tuesday night, and then, of course, being connected and Celebrate is how we're going to walk through this series together. So just to kind of catch you up, if you weren't here, uh, previously on Jordan River Rules, we learned the first two rules of Jordan River Rules. And rule number one is move forward. Say it with me, church. That was pretty good. So we're going to get really good. There's seven rules, right? And so by the end of this series, you guys are just going to know them. They're just going to just shout out very good. So rule number one is move forward. God designed us to move forward. You can't move forward in life until you leave the past behind. We need to learn from our past, but we need to look ahead. That's why God put the eyes in front of our head, not in the back of our head. We need to move forward. And then last week, we learned rule number two, and rule number two is dream big. There you go. Say it with me, church. Dream. Yeah, you, I, you guys were ahead of me even. This is good, right? That's our dream. See, the size of your dream will determine the size of your God. And let me just remind you, church, I serve a really big God. And God can do some pretty awesome and incredible things. And, but yet, sometimes our dreams can fail. But I mentioned last week, God dreams always come true. If it's a God dream, and you need to ask yourself, is it a God dream? Does it support his word, or does it support my wishes? Does God dream support his kingdom, or does it support what I want in my kingdom? And that's what we need to do when we dream big. So before we look at rule number three today, we want to talk about that word fear. Because fear, I would contend, keeps us from the life that God wants us to live. We have a fear of failures, a fear of other people, a fear of our enemies. See, if we want to live out God's purpose for our life, we need to overcome our fear. So if you want to go ahead and take out your Bibles... And turn to Joshua chapter 1, where we've been. If you're a guest and don't have a Bible, we'd love to get you a Bible. Let us know. Um, You also have the YouVersion app. It's a free app on any smartphone or device. You can download it right now. I always say if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I just assume you have your Bible with you because it's God's word. It's your authority, right? So um, turn there in Joshua chapter 1. In the last couple weeks, to get these two rules, we've looked at the first couple verses in Joshua God had told Joshua that Moses is dead. That's where we get rule number one. Now move forward. God had told Joshua, I will give you everywhere where you set your foot. That's where we get our rule number two to dream big. God says, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. And so today, in the next part, God is going to address Joshua's fear. You know what I find really interesting about Joshua when I read this book? At no point in the book of Joshua does it say that Joshua was ever afraid. Did you know that? See, and and Joshua actually leads the people very, very boldly. But I would say Joshua had a lot of reasons to be afraid. So I find that interesting, that although the Bible doesn't talk about him being afraid, he had a lot of reasons to be afraid. Let me help you remember that. Joshua had to follow Moses. Moses, the great Moses, that was a pretty tough act to follow. I would be afraid if I had to follow Moses, but Joshua wasn't. Joshua had to lead a group of over a million people that were not really the best people at listening. I don't know if you've ever led people, okay? But people can be kind of challenging, and Joshua is now their leader. So he could be afraid of that. Joshua was about to take on a very large enemy. And might I remind you that Joshua was part of the original group that toured the promised land. He actually saw the enemy. He knew exactly how big and how strong they were. Joshua had a lot of reasons to be afraid. But why was Joshua not afraid? What did Joshua know? What did Joshua have that you and I can have the exact same thing? And I'm going to say it's the antidote to fear. Joshua chapter 1, verse 6, it's right here. Be strong and courageous because you will lead this people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Did you catch it? There it was. Joshua's river rule number three, say it with me, church, be courageous. You can write that down in your cheats if you have rule number three. Be courageous. The antidote to fear is to be courageous. This is why Joshua was not afraid, because he understood this antidote. Now, this wasn't the first time that Joshua heard this. If I want you to stay in the book of Joshua, but the, the chapter right before Deuteronomy, the book right before Joshua, in your paper Bible, if you have a paper Bible, it's probably a page or two ahead of that, Moses was getting ready to prepare the people to transition from Moses to Joshua. Moses was going to die. And Moses called all of Israel together, and he read through the log, and he kind of gave him a pep talk as he was getting ready to leave. And in Deuteronomy 31.7, this is what we hear. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. See, Joshua stood with Moses in front of the entire nation, and Moses looked right at him and said, Be strong and courageous. So when God came to Joshua in verse six that we just read and read that part again, Joshua was like, oh yeah, I remember that, because Moses told me that too. But God doesn't stop there. Joshua one, verse seven, be strong and very courageous. That's two times in two verses. And if he hadn't gotten the point by this time, one more time, Joshua one, nine, it's gonna be on the screens behind us. I actually want us to read this verse out loud together. Joshua one, nine. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Three times in four verses, God looks at Joshua and says, Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Whenever God says something three times in scripture, he actually means it. Did you know that? There's several places in scripture where God will repeat himself three times. You remember like when you were growing up and your parents would tell you something and then they'd tell you it again. And by the time they got to the third time, they weren't telling you no more. Okay, that was a command. It's saying, listen, be strong and courageous. This is exactly what God's doing to Joshua. Joshua, listen, this task is huge. This task can be overwhelming. And if you allow your fear to be in control, it's not going to go well. Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Jordan River rule number three is what, church? Be courageous. courageous. That was a little weak. We're going to try one more time. I I, I was too quick. Let's try it. I'll slow down. Jordan River rule number three is what, church? Be courageous. That sounded a little more courageous that time, all right? So let me ask you. Let's just be honest for a minute. What steals your courage? Because you see, if courage is the antidote to fear, and we know that fear is the primary weapon the enemy's going to use to steal you from God's purpose, wouldn't it make sense that he would use fear? What are those fears that can steal your courage? What is it in your life? You know, maybe it's the young girl who gives into sex because her boyfriend says, if you love me, you'll do it. And so she gives into him because she's afraid to lose that affirmation. She's seeking that affirmation from him. Instead of getting it from God, it's out of fear that she does that. I would say fear is the reason why we work more than we should. Maybe it's the reason why we think, oh, my business might fail, or my boss might give that promotion to somebody else, or I might not get the job that I want. i got to keep working. i got to keep pushing because I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I might not have enough money. I'm afraid I might not have enough resources. That fear can paralyze us. It's the reason why as parents sometimes we struggle with our kids because no parent wants to see their child struggle. But yet we have that fear of seeing them hurt physically, emotionally, spiritually. So we try to overprotect them and we try to put things in place because we're afraid. We're afraid they might fail at school. They might, they might have the wrong friends. All of those fears can paralyze us and steal our courage. When it comes to our marriage, we might have a fear that our spouse might leave us. Maybe they find somebody else better. Maybe they figure out that I'm not really as great as I thought I was, or they thought I was, and they might go and do something else. And so we waste time on paranoid thoughts, or we end up pushing our partner away. So what is it in your life, church? What steals your courage? What are those little fears that start as a little trickle that just keeps you running and eventually turns into a great channel? And then all your thoughts drain into that that rob your time, your energy, your sleep, your relationships, and most importantly, robs us from our relationship with God and what God had planned for us to do. God understood that fear is a big deal. That's why he said to Joshua in this task and why he's saying it to every person in this room or watching online, be strong and courageous. Rule number three, say it one more time, church. Be courageous. It's the exact same thing that God is telling us today whatever your fear that you're facing be strong and courageous be strong and courageous be strong and courageous okay pastor so how do i keep my courage if you got your note sheets you want to take those out i'm going to give you two two ways that you can help keep your courage because we all face moments of doubt and fear in our lives they will come it's inevitable God will not take those away. In fact, I would contend there's a reason why God allows those to come into our life because maybe he's trying to help us to remember, are we really going to be strong and courageous? Are we really going to follow this thing? Here's the first one. Stand with God. When it comes to keeping our courage, the first thing we need to do is we need to stand with God. I heard a story about a young boy who had been bullied by this group of kids on the playground. Of course, the biggest, strongest bully was the one that kind of antagonized him the most. And he had some cronies that would come around and harass him. And one day they were coming to pound on him. So this little boy had had enough. So he went up to this big, tough kid. He drew a line in the stand. He looked at him and said, I dare you to come across that line. Well, of course, the bully thought this was pretty funny. He laughed, and of course, he stepped across the line. Little boy said, great. Now that you're on my side, how are we going to take these guys? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that was his strategy to try to get that, okay? Now, now, here's what I'm saying. If you're in a fight with somebody and, and you look like you're overwhelmed, you look like you're getting get it pounded, doesn't it make sense to have the biggest, strongest person on your side? That was the little boy's strategy. And I would contend it's the same problem that you and I have. Just what that little boy did, too. See, that little boy wanted... The bully to be on his side so he could take that. And I think that's our problem. I think we want God to be on our side. God, come over to my side. God, I need you to help me with this. God, come on over here. God, you come on over here to me because I need you over here to help fight this. But church, here's the thing. We want God to come to our side, but are we going to stand with God? Do you see the difference? Instead of inviting God to come to our fight, how about we go and we stand with God? That's what Joshua knew, and Joshua understood. You know, back in the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln had a very tough challenge, much like Joshua did. And as you remember, the the Confederacy had left the Union, and they were fighting against that, and the Union was trying to preserve the Union. And of course, there was a lot of controversy at the time about which side was right, which side was wrong. And both sides thought that God was fighting for them. And so one of, uh, a member of the press came to President Lincoln and said, President Lincoln, is God on the side of the union? And I love Lincoln's response. I think it's the same thing we need to understand. Lincoln said, that's the wrong question. The question is not, is God on our side? The question is, am I on God's side? See what Lincoln was saying there? He said, listen, it's not a question of wanting God to be fighting my battles for me am I going to go and I'm going to stand with God? As long as I'm walking with God, as long as I'm standing with what God has called me to do, I'm on God's side. I'm not inviting God to come to my side. Look at what Joshua 1.5 says. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Joshua was standing with God, and that's what we need to do too as well. Do you know why Joshua wasn't afraid? Because his courage didn't come from his abilities. His gifts, his wisdom, his treasure, his talents. Joshua's courage came from his trust in almighty God. You know the God who created the entire universe? You know the God who hung all the stars in the sky and can name every single one of them? You know the God who has the power to look at the ocean and say, stop right there and come no further? That's the God that Joshua served. That's the power and almighty that he has. That's the greatest power in the universe. But here's the problem in church. I think this is going to hurt when I say this. I don't think we actually believe that. If we actually believed that God was the ultimate power in the universe and that in him and through him we could have no fear, if we stood with him, we would never feel defeated, what on earth could you possibly ever be afraid of? Whatever could happen? Would you be afraid of death? No, because Jesus took care of that on the cross. I have no fear of death. Would we be afraid to be abandoned? No, because God said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Why would I be afraid if some human being leaves me? You see where I'm going with this? Why would we ever have a fear about our finances? Because my God should supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. My Bible says, have you seen the flowers in the field? (laughs) that they neither labor nor toil. Yet I tell you, Solomon in all his splendor was not dressed such as these. Do we actually believe that God is the ultimate power in the universe? Because if we did, why wouldn't we stand on his side? Romans eight thirty-eight says this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Church, can I say it again? When you choose to stand with God, you have nothing to be afraid of because his power will prevail. Here's the second one, and I think this is just as important. How do I keep my courage? We stand with God, but here's number two. I need to remind myself of that every day. Don't forget the everyday part because it can still come up. We need to remind ourselves every day. Why do we need to do that? Because we forget. We forget how powerful God is. You know, I heard this recently. I haven't had a chance to confirm it, but I heard it from a pretty reliable source that the term do not be afraid or be courageous, it occurs in the Bible, guess how many times? 365 times in the Bible. You know how many days there are in a year? 365. I think there's a relationship there now. Again, I haven't confirmed that, but I'm just saying, I think it's pretty cool, isn't it? That would be like God, wouldn't it? Every day, remind yourself, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. This is why God told Joshua three times in four verses, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Because we forget, don't we? See, we take a look at our fear, or we take a look at the challenge that we think, and, and it's easy to get distracted by that. It's easy to be overwhelmed by it, but yet we still stand with God, don't we? And because of that, we do not need to be afraid. God said something else to Joshua three times. He didn't just say, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. He also said, I will be with you. Three different times in these verses, God reminds Joshua, I will be with you. Two times in verse five, and again in verse nine. We forget who our God is, and how much he loves us, and how much power he can have in his life. We need to remember that every day. See, being courageous, or remembering this, this is not a helpful reminder. This is not an important insight. This is not good advice. Courage is actually a command. God commanded Joshua, Be strong and courageous. Do not allow that little fear to trickle in because it will wear a channel and pretty soon all your thoughts are going to be going in that direction because of your fear. God knows that fear will keep us from living out his purposes because fear then becomes our God and it becomes so much bigger than what God has for us when God says, listen, you know me, the the ultimate power in the universe, the one who holds heavens in his hands, I got this. Do you trust me? Do you really trust me? Or are you more interested in what you want? Because if you want what you want and you want me to come over to your side, I can't help you with that. That's called pride. And that's why we have fear. Is because if you have an unusual amount of fear in your life, I'm just going to contend maybe you're trying to do some things that God's not asking you to do. And maybe if we take the time and we stand with God and we say, God, I'm going to stand on your word. I'm going to stand in the confidence of what you asked me to say. Do you realize we have nothing to be afraid of? Nothing at all that can happen. Now, part of what we're doing throughout this series is we're building up to that Sunday, April 2nd that we talked about, and it's a big deal. And One of the ways that we're doing that is we're preparing, we're looking ahead, but we're also taking a time to kind of look back as a church at kind of where we've been and kind of what we've done. The last two weeks, we've kind of done this, and so I want to kind of continue to do that as well. So here, here's where I'm going with it this week. When it comes to churches, there are, there are three things that we think about churches, and, and I want to quantify this before I say this. Some of you have heard me say this before. This is unique to the United States of America. This does not exist in any other culture in the world. It just exists in America, which leads me to believe that maybe it doesn't really matter as much as we think it does. And I can guarantee you it's not even biblical because it doesn't exist anywhere else. But when it comes to churches in the United States of America, we talk about three B's. Again, maybe you heard me talk about these before. The three B's of churches in the United States of America are buildings, budgets, and butts, okay? And I mean butts in the seat, right, people. That's, that's what you look at. When you look for churches in the United States of America, we say, how big is their building, how big are their budgets, and how many butts they have in the seat? Now, again, I don't think that's biblical. In fact, because it doesn't exist anywhere else. The number one question you'll get when people ask you about church, oh, where does it meet, right? Oh, you go to church and celebrate. Oh, where did they meet at? What have they just told you? They just said that the church is a building, I always struggle with that question, right? Because church isn't a building, is it? A church is a what? A body. A church is a body, not a building. So when you reduce God's church, the bride of Jesus Christ, to simply to a building, I don't think that's right, is it? What about budget? So people will ask, the number, number two question people will ask, people ask me this all the time, they say, how big's your church? How big's your church? You know what they're really asking? How many butts are in the seat, right? And I want, please hear this. As a pastor of this church, I want you to understand you are so much more to me than a butt in the seat. Please understand that because we love you and we want to help you grow. And so here's what my response is. When people ask me how big our church is, I say about 8,000. And they're like, whoa, that's a a pretty impressive church because what are they saying? Oh, the size of your church determines the size. No, it doesn't mean that. Why do I say that? Because in this community right now in Yankton, South Dakota, there's over 8,000 people who are separated from relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the church that we're going after. We are not a church that's going to come in here, that's going to sit and be comfortable. We're going to go out, and we're going to reach people. And so why I'm saying that, why does this tie in with being strong and courageous? When we are a church here at Celebrate Community Church, and if you're a guest, we're so glad you're joining us today. But as a church here, sometimes it can be a little intimidating to say, we're a church. Oh, where do you meet at? Well, we meet in a restaurant. And I've had this happen where people like pat you on the head and be like, oh, maybe someday you'll grow up and be a real church, (laughs) right? We are a real church. In fact, this is probably more church than any other church that's been around because of that, because we understand that it's not about building. It's not about budgets. It's not about butts. We want to help people meet Jesus. And we want to be strong and courageous about that. I had somebody you know, just recently even ask me, oh, I bet you want to get into a building someday. And I don't even know how to answer those questions anymore. <laughs> I'm like, we're in a building. What is this? You know, We talked about this last week. If you missed it, we have a vision that we're going to continue without doing any construction or any remodeling in this place. We can serve over 250 people every single weekend in this, in this, in this facility. We can do that, and we can make that happen, church. But again, I'm telling you that because it's not about butts in the seat or budget. It's about helping people meet Jesus. Amen? And that's what we want to do. Because we care about you. We want to help you with that. And we want to be strong and courageous. It's going to take us to be strong and courageous. to, To recognize that it's okay that we meet in a restaurant. I know it's weird. Okay? I know it's different than culture. But there's something going on here. And next week, we're going to unpack this a little bit more. But but listen, we need to stand with God and remind ourselves about that. But I'm going to read one more time, Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Stand with God and remind yourself of that every single day be strong and courageous church now you might be thinking to yourself right now "Well, pastor we're only three weeks into this series and we've only done nine verses okay it's gonna be a long series now here's why i tell you that when you read god's word the goal of god's word is not for you to get through it when you read a book sometimes you sit down and read a book you want to just get through the book and you want to learn it The goal when you read God's word is not to get through it. The goal and when you read God's word is to get God's word through you. So we spent three weeks just going through nine verses. Because I want you to understand how important, how pregnant this first chapter is about what it means to be God's people. Joshua was called with the nation of Israel to set up a physical kingdom which was a representation of the spiritual kingdom of God that God was to establish, that was to bring redemption to the salvation of the world. And it's so important that we understand these fundamental principles that we're about moving forward. We're about dreaming big. And in order to do that, it's going to take us to be strong and courageous, to not be discouraged, To not give up. The first three weeks of this series, church, as you know, the first couple verses, first nine verses, has been God talking to Joshua. I need to give you a warning about next week. Next week, this series is going to shift from God to Joshua to Joshua challenging the people. Guess what that means for you? (laughs) It's going to shift and it's going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be some things we're going to talk about next week that are really going to challenge you. It's going to challenge us as a church. And I believe with all my heart that God wants us to do this. Now, I know I usually say something like that, and then I say that so you guys will come back next week. Now, some of you are like, I'm not going to come back, okay? It's first Sunday, so you'll come back for food. Just come back for food, okay? But it's, are we okay with that? I've said before that that see and celebrate doesn't stand for comfort. If you want a church where you're going to be comfortable, you're probably going to be uncomfortable here. Because we want to reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Courage is a command. God commanded Joshua to be strong and courageous. He said it to him three times in four verses. He's saying the same thing to us today. Do we really believe? And and I'm going to tie this into this movie, Jesus Revolution. Because this is what happened in the Jesus Revolution. If you don't understand history, there was a group of people who weren't being reached by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there was one Pastor who God broke his heart. And he said, I don't understand it. I don't know how to do it. It's weird. It's uncomfortable for me, but I'm going to try and I'm going to trust God. And he saw a mighty movement of God happen in that community. And I want the same thing here in Yankton. Because God breaks my heart every day. I read the paper every single day, and and, and this is going to sound weird, but every day I go through the obituaries. And, and that might sound weird to you, but I'm a pastor, so I do it for a couple reasons. One, because I, I want to see, you know, people, maybe I know people in the community. Um, the other thing I do is I, I sometimes see where the funeral is going to be at, because sometimes I reach out and I encourage the pastor. Because especially some funerals you do as a pastor, it's kind of hard. And so I'll, I'll, I'll shoot him a text and say, hey, I'm praying for you or, or whatever that means. But here's the other reason why I do It's because I pray and I say, God, I don't know if this person knew you or not. I've been in this community for five years. And I have one focus in my life right now. I want every single man, woman, and child to meet Jesus. And the only way that I know how to do that, the only way that it's worked throughout human history, is for a group of people who want to live like Jesus, who don't care about their comfort, who don't care about what they want and what they get, but they're going to stand together and they're going to say, hey, we want people to meet Jesus, we want you to come. We want you to be here. Joshua could not go into the promised land all by himself. He would have failed. Church, I need you. I need you to move forward. I need you to dream big. But I really need you to be strong and courageous with me. There's going to be some things that are challenging, but I want to face them together because I know my God is bigger. Amen? We, we see a lot about revival now, and I know the thing in Asbury, I haven't talked much about it. Um, I, I'm so elated about what God's doing in the life of those young people, but, but here's the thing that kind of breaks my heart a little bit. There's a whole bunch of people right now that, oh, I've got to go. I've got to go to Asbury, and I've got to go to that building, and I want to go, and there's these lines that are like miles long for people going in there, and, and I struggle with that. Because last I checked, the Holy Spirit's everywhere, right? Do you know that God could do that exact thing right here in this room today? Do you believe that? I believe that with all my heart. And I could care less about butts in a seat or budgets or buildings. I could care less about any of that stuff. But does it mean that we're going to need more places for people to sit? Yeah. That's why we added more chairs But it's going to come when us, when we say, listen, God, we want your kingdom. It's not about me. I want to do that. Church, I want you to come on this journey with me. Let's pray. God, these last three weeks have been really hard for me emotionally. And I'm really struggling even right now. Because I don't think we fully grasp the gravity of eternity. There are people in our community that are dying every single day. And it doesn't matter what their bank account was. It doesn't matter what accomplishments they achieved. It doesn't even matter really what they did with their family. At the end of the day, what it's going to come down to is, did they have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Were they willing to humble themselves and receive the free gift of salvation that you paid for on the cross, God? There's no guilt, there's no shame, there's no condemnation. All we need to say is, Jesus, thank you. And we receive that free gift. God, we've said it before, but it's worth repeating. You don't send anybody to hell. That's a misconception. You just look at us and say, thy will be done. Okay. You do it by yourself. God, that's why we have fear. That's why we have those paralyzing moments is because we're trying to do it under our own strength or under our own power. And God, I need your forgiveness for when I've done that in the life of this church. Because there have been times over the last five years where I've just kind of taken it on myself and I've owned it and and, and it hasn't gone well. (laughs) And I have those same fears. Jesus, I feel like in this room right now, there are people that have fears that need to be lifted in Jesus' name. God, I pray that your spirit of courage and emboldment would empower whatever that fear is that they can face. That we would be strong and courageous. God, it wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't a good idea. You commanded Joshua to be strong and courageous. You're commanding every person in this room who's a follower of you to be strong and courageous, whatever that means. And God, I just pray that we would stand together as one people in this community. And we would say, we're not perfect. We don't have everything figured out yet. We meet in a restaurant. But we really want people to meet Jesus. And the way that we're going to do that is we're going to try to our best to live like Jesus. And when we get it wrong, we're going to ask for forgiveness, and we're going to hug, and we're going to move on. God, next week this series is going to get difficult. And I ask that you would prepare our hearts and minds for what you have in store for us, because God, it's not it's not difficult because you're there. You're the ultimate power in the universe. And when we draw that line in the sand, God, we're not inviting you to come over to our side. I pray that we would take that step over that line to stand with you. Because when we do that, your word says that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us, you will never fail us. There's nothing that can separate us from that power, God. And I'm so grateful for what's happening across this country with our young people, God. But if there's anything in our community that's blocking that, I pray that you would reveal it in Jesus' name. That we would love the way that you want us to love and live the way that you want us to live, God, whatever that means. Thank you so much, God, and I praise you and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. If you live in the Yankton area, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. at 310 Walnut Street. You can also check out more content on our website, yankton.church, or our YouTube channel, at Celebrate If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to it and share with others. God bless.